This Bonfire Side Chat Appendix is brought to you by LatchkeyKingdom.com. It is a webcomic by Nick Daniel. Mm-hmm. And it features the adventures of Willow Dragonfly, who is a young adventurer who explores uh, worlds kind of inspired by um, like child-like adventure logic and video games in a way that is not explicitly like, you know, LOL, inventory management is hard. <laughs> oh, touch these spikes, you die. It is much more um, kind of evoking the feel of being into video games and being young yeah. as opposed to uh, the, ex- you know, kind of... Uh, you know, jokes that are going to age really poorly. Like your, uh, you know, any other webcomic. Yeah, like, like comic. your controls all delete. Yeah, like, like yeah, or your penny arcades. Like, or, it is not like that kind of webcomic. Or your comic. arcades penny, yes. Yeah, yeah. It is not like that. No. Um, it is much uh, much more charming, and it has its heart in the right place, and we both really like it. You know what? And, Beautiful art. Excellent yeah, colorist, absolutely. that Nick Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is gorgeous. And, uh, we, you know, we recommend starting at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it has uh, the first arc deals with these tiny little rats, much like in this episode, we're going to talk about tiny little rats. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also, as you have probably noticed, we have brand new cover art for our podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick is responsible for that. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Huge thanks to Nick. And also, if you would like to uh, check it out, it is latchkeykingdom.com. In fact, not if you would like to, do it. Yeah, there's no if or about it. <laughs> yeah. Get on it. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Dave Klein. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat Appendix. It is a cursed second favorite. And this week we are reading responses to The Sinner's Rise and The Grave of the Saints. Thank you for sticking around, Dave. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited to dig into these comments. Yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, cool. Why don't you get us started with, uh, with Matt with a little bit of follow-up from Huntsman's Cops. Yes. So Matt writes in via the contact form, which is at duckfeed.tv slash contact, saying, I have a bit of lore speculation about the curse pots after listening to the most recent episode. It seems like one of the few uses anyone, anyone would have for pots full of curse would be to spread it to new people and places. If that is what they are being used for, then I could see the one in the Huntsman's Cops being there to turn regular people undead. Perhaps that might have been an extra twisted form of capital punishment, where the condemned people are made undead so their suffering would go on without end, rather than the whole being tortured to death that uh, pre-modern justice systems brought us in the real world. Uh, I'm not sure if this idea fits with the placement of any of the other curse pots, but it does feel like something the old Iron King would do, since that guy is a bit of a dick. Just a little bit. This is a smidge. (laughs) Smidge of a dick. Yeah, I agree that he is a smidge dick. He's a dick sliver, yes. That's, actually, that's why he's so angry all the time. He's trying to <laughs> compensate. He's got a schlittle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's got a schlort. <laughs> he's got a schlort. He's too short. I don't know why uh, Mythos possibly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, she decided snake snakedom is, yeah. is better than, than that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense for the curse pot. It still doesn't, I still don't know why they are where they're at. Like that one in Amana really throws me for a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does make sense yeah. as it being a, a torture device here. Yeah. Um, potentially. Or even just as a weapon of warfare. I mean, flinging plague bodies over the walls of oh, uh, sure. castles for siege, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and, that's a cool idea. And they seem to be, you know, designed to freak people out. Like they're instruments of terror. <laughs> the fact that they laugh like that. You know? Yeah. It's, it's strange because like everyone's so afraid of the curse 
and trying to prevent it. That And it seems like they don't know how it began and how to prevent it, yet they might possibly have a method of inducing it. Hmm. Yeah. Which is odd to me. Or they could just get rid of these pots. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, well, there's like, your we problem. Get rid of this thing. <laughs> here's your problem. Got a bad Drop case them all of pots. Yeah. <laughs> Got a case of pot pit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Matt. Um, Zane says via contact. I have found a use for the contentious tree near the second bonfire in Huntsman Co- Huntsman's Cops, PvP. Most phantoms spawn on the side of the wall with a ladder, so you can lure them up there and onto the other side. While they jump down after you, you can navigate back across using the fallen tree and have an easy time sending them to their doom when they try to follow you. Several spells and weapons have enough reach and pushback that they'll either knock your opponent off or force them into rolling, which usually doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. Using this method, I've killed five phantoms without dying, usually with nothing more than a single dark orb. And he's, uh, of course, referring to the uh, the tree shut court. Uh, shut court. <laughs> uh, tree shortcut that we... <laughs> shut court. What's going on? I smell toast. The, uh, the, the tree shortcut that we uh, we kind of bemoaned a little bit in the last episode that seems uh, superfluous, to say the least. Given well, that, that shut is. court was one yeah. of the best shut courts in the game. Yeah, bud shut court. Yeah, sir. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one of the best PPV sports in the Gorm. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. reminds me of uh, Peeve Peeverson in a great video where he was using... Um, I think it was Dark Orb, where he was flying around the Dragonary and just using that so anyone who is on one of those hang... Uh, zip lines. A zip line would just fall off as soon as they knocked into it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it reminds me of that. Just a great way to troll people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which mm-hmm. I'm okay with. That's <laughs> part of the game. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, Dave, do you want to take uh, the next one? Yeah, so Jeremy Greer writes in via contact. I wanted to point out one interesting thing about the Red Phantom guarding the entrance to the chariot fight. He's the only phantom in the game rocking a level 1 Brotherhood of Blood aura. As y'all probably know, the more kills you get, the cooler your Red Phantom aura looks. All the other NPC phantoms in the game have the standard aura, but this dude has apparently killed enough people to get up to level 1, which is really hard if you guys know (laughs) that. While I'm here, I should point out how miserable getting these auras is. Unlike the Blue Bros, every loss is counted against a win when you're trying to level up as a Blood Bro. This means that instead of just needing 500 wins to max the Covenant out, you need 500 more wins than losses. Worse, invasions and arena matches are counted separately, which I can only imagine was done specifically to make Blood Bros hate themselves. It's a small problem that's indicative of a larger problem with PvP. A lot of these systems just weren't thought out all that well. I'll save these comments for a future PvP episode, though. Hmm. Rather, I'll save those comments for a future PvP episode. I think he was telling me to save it. No, no, he wasn't. Yeah, you save those. Save it. Save it. Cram it. Cram it, Ross. Um, It is insane to me how hard it is to get that that aura. And he's got a good point about that fandom. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice it either. No. Good good observation, Jeremy. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's kind of like... That's what we were talking about in the previous episode with the... with the Grey Phantoms and the Rapros and how easy it is to get through the Rapro Covenant, it really is the Blood Brothers that I think of, where it's like, it is so hard to level up all the way in the Brotherhood of the Blood yeah. because of this. It just takes so long, and you have to be really good, too, on top of that. Because, yeah, you, you win 500 times, but if you lose 250, you still need 250 more wins. Yeah, I'm not nearly good enough. Yeah. Like, I've spent some time Blood Browing, but I'm not great at PvP in this game, yeah. so the... Uh... I, have not, I think ranking up in that will be forever outside my reach. Yeah. Sadly. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Womp, womp. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Yeah. Ryan writes in via contact saying, I always believe that the, uh, the artificial undead were specifically created to be hunted. 
it stands to reason that, with the undead curse being so pervasive, eventually the population would dwindle to the point where there just aren't enough undead to be corralled and hunted. Thus, the artificial undead are exactly that. Artificial, and were meant to give a bit more challenge to the hunters and the cops. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never considered the idea that maybe there weren't enough undead <laughs> for it, you know, to where the, the pursuit of sport actually took over. Yeah. You know, as their primary concern. And that comports with the idea of using the curse pots to uh, to transform people? Hmm. Yeah. Too? I guess you only really find the artificial undead in those two places, the Huntsman's Cops and the Earthen Peak. Or not the mm-hmm. Earthen Peak, Harvest Valley, rather. Yeah. yeah. I think those well, are the only you, places. You find their weapons in, in uh, Elvia's Keep, which is why you know we think that Elvia made them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, those are the only two places where you actually find them. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's, that's a good question, though, because, again, I, I don't know. I mean, because you go into the Undead Purgatory and there aren't any, and that really seems where, like, they – well, that was more of where the torture was as opposed to the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. maybe they yeah. did. But that would have been – but I don't know. Then the timeline with the with these guys, if it was Aldia who created them, that would seem to indicate that they were made after the Iron King's rule mm-hmm. and after all this undead hunt, hunting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I, I didn't think that they were being created for the hunt. My personal thought was that they were part of, um, you know, they were there afterwards um, because, since they were created by by Alvia. Um, I, but it is an interesting idea, kind of regardless. Yeah. Um, Another thing know. in support of that, they, they seem to be uh, used for labor in uh, Earthen, uh, not, not Earthen Peak, the, uh, you know, Harvest, Harvest Valley. Valley. Harvest yeah. Valley, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. just the idea of we're either going to hunt you or exploit you to carry rocks for us. Yeah. yeah. Even though, I mean, they never carry rocks or anything. They're just around a place where labor happens to happen. True. Yeah. Like, they're never actually used for it. They're just there. Mm-hmm. Um, they could also be, because um, they're also the, the kind of slave undead there. So in that one specific place in um, Harvest Valley, that little room with tons of these guys, um, they're also the, the smaller undead. So they could also be similar to, like, a, a lower form of overseer mm-hmm. other than the actual overseers. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it was just kind of placed somewhere where they didn't want, like, they created them. They're like, what do we do with these guys after all you created them? And like, ah, we've got a bunch of unruly undead over here, so let's just toss them there, and they'll just keep on re-killing them over and over again. Yeah. 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 I, I originally thought of them as being the Huntsman, Huntsman's cops as cast-offs, or as part of a, almost an invasionary, like a, like taking it over after, you know, yeah. after yeah. the fact. So, um, But there, it's open to many interpretations. Come on, crowns. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bring friend clarity. Of the show. Good. Yeah. Friend of the show and friend of ours, Dennis Furious, says via contact. Uh, quick FYI. Cole thought the chest, chest in Huntsman's Cops, Mushroom Pit, was trapped because it was in the beta, mm-hmm. but it actually was not in the actual game. Other changes from the beta include the removal of Melentia from the first bonfire, the addition of the poison moths, and the swapping of two artificial undead red phantoms, one of which came to you from behind for Merciless Rowena. Yeah. And that... Yeah. Good. Well, I was going to say, actually, some of that is reintroduced in New Game Plus. Yeah. Which may be sort of a spoiler, but yeah, some of that stuff that it was actually New Game Plus stuff that was in the beta. But the trap thing, that was the that really stood out to me. Yeah. So that 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 that's where a lot of my confusion arose. Uh, you know, the memorable first impression of this place taking place so far ahead of everything else. Um yeah. and uh, just kind of picking and choosing what I thought was most cool. So <laughs> So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually those those um artificial undead who kind of trap you in when you're playing that was in the beta that they did that those are red phantoms um artificial undead end up trapping you in as opposed to merciless rowena appearing and yeah that one really threw me for a loop when i was playing the beta i was like oh whoa whoa oh. <laughs> yeah. so i kind of actually missed that one because that was so 
It's such a crazy encounter. Although I really do like Merciless Reina's Warlock mask that you can get from her. So I guess take the good with the bad. Yeah. Yeah. She looks badass as hell. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Frederick writes in via contact. I just wanted to touch upon something that you've expressed in earlier episodes, but I feel it was somewhat overlooked in the episode regarding Huntsman's Cops. When you take the high road towards Gary's skeleton boss buddies, <laughs> a rogue undead will sprint away and lead, lead you into an ambush on top of an overlook. After disposing of the rogues, to one side you will find a corpse and it contains a poison dagger. I instantly understood what had happened to this poor aspiring hero, and I knew that I would not be the first nor last person falling prey to the bandits. Small moments like these are what separates the Souls series storytelling from many other games, as it says so much with so little. I like these touches. It makes even the most minor of details paint a bigger world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about the fact that you're looting the poison knives from that guy, that you're just pulling them out of his back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, Gary Skeleton Boss Buddies. That's a good name for a gang or a band. <laughs> like a, or something. It's like Jerry's Kids. It's like Gary's Kids. <laughs> Skeleton <laughs> Boss Buddies. Yeah, collect money for... It's like the Richard Dunn's uh, Give Us Your Bones thing from Tim and Eric. <laughs> yeah. When you yeah. walk through up star made a bones, hold your skull up high. I want to see like a sitcom or something with the, where it's called Gary Skeleton Lords, and then it's that show idea that you had last week where they're all like going up to some host, they're hosting or like they're they're presenting a show and they're coming up from backstage and it's about their backstage life. Like, what are they really like? <laughs> oh. The behind the scenes oh, documentary about yeah. the skeleton lords. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I would also like to see that show. Um, thank you, everybody, for your errata. If you have errata about the episode that we uh, just recorded, our Sinners Rise and uh, Grave of the Saints episode, mm-hmm. again, that address is duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Uh, moving on to some responses to those areas, we have uh, Solomon. Yeah. Who would like to read Solomon? I, I will take us away. Solomon via contact writes I had a hell of a time dealing with the water giants, being a wimpy little sword and sorcerer. Uh, my soul arrows did almost no damage and using melee meant getting up in the giant's horrific ass faces and braving huge sweeping attacks that I couldn't quite get the the dodge rhythm down for. At one point, um, I uh, was retreating back into the elevator room and I rolled backwards over the lift. Great, I thought, watching it disappear into the ceiling. I have no means of escape and now there's this big hole to fall into. As I kited the giant around the little space uh, that remained, uh, he did a tail sweep and fell into the hole, dying immediately. This became my new strategy. I would pull giants and run them around the hole, baiting them into throwing themselves down the elevator shaft, sometimes managing two or three at once. Eventually, I cracked the code uh, and could take them uh, on in a more honorable fashion, uh, but I would have kept using the Bilbo Baggins method forever if, uh, if it was quick enough. And, of course, it wouldn't be Dark Souls if my victory against the Giants wasn't cut short by an inexplicable exploding mummy. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> even, even with a stronger build, um, those things are hard to fight, and the water doesn't help. Yeah. Um, I tend to take them up by the elevator, even if I'm not cheesing them, mm-hmm. uh, just because I can run at full speed up there. Yeah. They're, they're resistances. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, they never get easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll roll past their first attack to get to their back and then backstab them. And that usually works mm-hmm. pretty well, but it's still, they hit you once. That's a heavy hit. Yeah. Those guys hit yeah. hard. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and, and God help you if you get far enough in to aggro one of the exploding mummies <laughs> to come and, uh, and fuck you yeah. up during the fight. Then you got both of them at you at once. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, yep, no, yep, no, yep. no, no, no. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, David says via contact, I love the Lost Sinner fight. In fact, I love this fight so much that I turned around and tossed a bonfire ascetic into the fire and did it again. Something about that Artorias one-on-one duel style where blocking will almost certainly get you killed just called to me. Two-hand your weapon, get your roll on, and duke it out. I felt betrayed by the presence of the Pyros in New Game Plus, who don't spawn a new game, new game with an aesthetic. Uh, get the hell out of my duel. Also, the sweet, sweet lore implications. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's you know, how I did was two-handing, so I liked dodging as well. Yeah, and we'll talk yeah. more about that fight in the New Game Plus episode, uh, mostly just kind of bitching about how hard <laughs> it is, because yeah. it, it is really hard at the, that, those, those yeah. additions. They actually toned it down with one of the patches. I saw that, too, and, and that's uh, one of those things. It's interesting, the, the kind of transient nature and evolving nature of these games, where, like, no, you know, people now, like, our kids will not experience Shrine of Amana the way we did. <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, that, that's gone. That used to be our we'll playground. We'll never know. <laughs> kids yeah. those days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to always have an unpatched version with me for my kids <laughs> and yeah. my grandkids. <laughs> Put it in a time capsule. Yeah. When I was your age, I had to trust their shrine of Amana, and they were homing the heroes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know they're still homing now, but they were really homing. They were really <laughs> homing, and I had to trust back and forth through homing yeah. soul mass on the way through and from. Grandpa, oh, we have tired. brain chips. We can plug into a into a <laughs> yeah. cyber world of pleasure. Yeah, we, Grandpa, we, get out of our singularity. We, I have we, access to the world media. We take space drugs. Yeah. <laughs> we, we live in pods of goo. Like, come on. But let me tell you about the recession of the <laughs> early 2000s. <laughs> oh, man. So Zane, via contact, writes in, regarding the water giants and sinners rise, yes, you can trick them onto the elevator, and yes, it is hilarious. I haven't been able to keep both myself and him on the elevator for the whole ride up, <laughs> but it should be possible, perhaps with Yearn. I wonder how far you can aggro him back through the level. Maybe lock him into one of those cells in the Bastille. <laughs> <laughs> That's a video. Make that. Get That'd in the gym. Absolutely is. Yeah. That's also commitment. That's a huge. <laughs> commitment. Yeah. Well, later in um, in the Sodora, Sodora, where you have to lead that pig mm -hmm. down to the the church, like um, mm. you know, who knows what what weird fucking super hidden Easter eggs there are if you lead an enemy to an entirely different area. <laughs> and you get that really useful pickaxe. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's a lot for you. It really, like, you guys are Kingsfield guys. I was thinking, like, when I found out it was a pickaxe, I was like, what if? What if this, like, <laughs> yeah, ancient city breaks open, yeah. it breaks now, open like, this, this wall? Now to test yeah. every single wall. <laughs> <laughs> every piece of geometry. It's going to unlock something secret in the DLC. Mm. I just know it. God, I hope. Well, no, you don't, because then you have to, <laughs> you have to farm for one of those pickaxes. Well, well no, I, you, know, I, you don't really have to farm. You can make one of the big pigs get it for you, but. Yeah. Well, no, I just—I mean, I, I hope somebody else figures it out so I can easily replicate it and then reap the reap the yeah, reward there. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's be honest here. Yeah. You're like I did it. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. Hooray! Uh -huh. Look what I did, Mom. Oh, uh, Gustavo writes in via contact saying the Lost Center was the first old one I killed. My ship was still in Florida. He lives on a ship. Uh, when I reached oh. the entrance. Um, and I saw the crossbowman and decided not to risk it. And a Dark Souls playing friend told me to go for it. Confidence surging, I decided to do the smart thing and investigate that big gaping hole in Majula. Days later, I finally decided to investigate the tower and found it full of knights. Uh, this particular bonfire can be quite deadly if you're not ready for it. Finally, I arrived to one of my favorite preambles to a boss fight in uh, in this game. The atmospheric, sunken, waterlogged, abandoned prison full of monsters gives out an aura that they don't want anyone getting to the center. 
or to let her get out of her miserable, hellish existence. Being a bored and huge sword muscle mage um, made the fight a bit easy, keeping my distance, casting uh, casting fist, and swinging a literal useless piece of metal when appropriate, um, and she went down on the first try. On that note, her mask reminds me of the stone mask Dio Brando uses in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, adventure. Uh, but instead of the torturing people, it is used to turn them into vampires in that particular anime. As for the Grave of Saints, I really don't have much to say as I played the game offline, therefore making it very bare. Not a fan of the boss either, but I do like the Rat King as a character. Maybe once I start playing the PC version of the game, I will finally stop having the Lonely Soul experience. Can I just yeah. point something out real quick? Yeah. What would, why why did he said at the beginning of his story that his ship was still in Florida mm-hmm. and then he never went on to talk about where his ship ended up or anything like that. <laughs> was that just to let us all know that he lives on a boat? I think so. <laughs> By the way, so so you guys know I, I live on a boat and you don't. I, well, maybe, uh, maybe that's why his internet is. Maybe that's why he's playing offline. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, that, 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 the that internet makes sense. of the sea. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Aquanet. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, I, Gustavo's written in before. He, uh, he, he is not from here, um, and uh, he, from 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 all apparent uh, evidence, lives a very interesting life. So, I don't I think s- you can live on a boat and not live an interesting life. Yeah, like when I said, I, I all apparent for, evidence. Yeah, when I was looking for an apartment, there was a boat that was for rent, <laughs> and if it was, if I felt like I could get reliable internet, I almost went for it. Well, like I, I could just barely <laughs> afford it. I'd be like one of those boat people. Yeah. Well, no, or you just it, go to Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like living in a lighthouse although you're aware that living on a boat puts you like one step away from listening to jimmy buffett for a living right yeah it's it's a real it's a real like kind of white trash thing to do it's like <laughs> yeah. a sea, sea billies well no but, but it's, like it's it's really tempting I, I i have had that same inclination too so you could just get up and go yeah. like at any time i just unmoor my house and then just like yeah go west until i died yeah just to, just like go find another I... port to solve crimes at yeah, exactly. It's tempting, man. Old life. That's cool. Live a life of adventure. Yeah, yeah exactly. While playing Dark Souls while you can. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah, soul stuff that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like, I actually I didn't try the board and uh, the board and swords. So I'm wondering, I think you guys mm-hmm. said you did with the Lost Center. Yeah, I did it this time around because I had the 100% block. Like, I was able to actually wield that, uh, the Drain Lake sword, or shield, rather. I think mm-hmm. that the, the way that shields work now make that strategy very very uh not viable or less viable than it would have been in a previous game like if you don't have a sword that can block all of the physical damage she puts out then uh the, it makes it very difficult whereas if you're spec for it that makes it just a little bit more viable but you have to understand that you know that uh his, his what he mentioned with jojo's bizarre adventure that's actually a great connection because in Dark Souls 1, Miyazaki actually said that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure influenced him when it came to Kirk, the Knight of Thorns. Hmm. There's a character from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that influenced that design and how there's a character with rings all over them. Mm-hmm. And he thought, well, what if it was uh, spikes or thorns instead of rings? Yeah. And I think that's actually in the interview that was in the art book. So I, I think that's a great connection you brought up. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not familiar with that specific Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, the only bizarre adventure I'm familiar with is Gustavo's bizarre ship adventure, <laughs> his, 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 his life adventure. But no, I don't know that. It's a game. It's a fighting game too. They made a fighting yeah. game out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, a, is it any good? Like, what is? Uh, how is it? Do you know? I haven't played it. Huh. I think that it is a uh, it is a berserk esque long running anime and manga series. Hmm. Yeah. Berserk esque in like content or just berserk in that it is long running. Uh, maybe maybe kind of in content, but I think it's I think it's far more bizarre than than, okay. than Berserk is. Like uh-huh. it is it is much more. But based on 
Quite, quite like, would frank- you say JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is more bizarre? <laughs> yes, I would. It's pretty bizarre. I, I would. Know. Yeah, I, I didn't connect those two thoughts when I was saying it. But uh, okay. to, to, to be to be frank, my my knowledge of this comes entirely from what uh, from looking at weird fan art of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So my my impression of it may be skewed. So, mm. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Gustavo. And finally, uh, Zach says via contact. Um, I spent way too much time in the grave of the saints and burned a half dozen lockstones because I was sure I had to go through it to progress the story. <laughs> this is also where I first learned about the cost of breaking equipment. Every invasion after the first, I took off all my gear and played naked hide-and-seek with my attacker, <laughs> saved me from paying for repairs, and kept me stupidly entertained. Uh, the Rat King looked less impressive than I imagined he would, but his charisma convinced me to join. Rat bro until I die. It's like Andrew Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Rat bro for um, life! I like the idea of just hiding out naked somewhere. Yeah, like just somebody, yeah. you know, they just have to go through all your traps and they just find you hiding in the corner of like <laughs> just shuddering. Yeah. You don't know where I've been. Just doing prostate over and over. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, uh, we didn't mention it, but one of the traps actually puts out a, a brake puddle. Uh, it's, a, it's a puddle of acid. Yeah. 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 It's just like I think that's the one that has the Heineken can in it. Oh. That is the one that has the Heineken can in it. Oh, maybe they're so. trying to say something. Yeah, yeah. He's from. You can't all drink Sapporo. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cans are weird. Yeah, you can't get it everywhere. It's all here, buddy. Plus, Sapporo's like it's two times the size of a normal can here. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's like getting two beers. Yeah. What's well, wrong in, with that? In that case, yeah, let's all drink Sapporo. Yeah, let's do yeah. This. <laughs> Fuck you, Heineken. Like, wait a second. This is a good thing. <laughs> We're back on your side, buddies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you, everybody. For writing in. Yeah. Um, if you have uh, comments, again, that's duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. There's still plenty of time to get in your thoughts on the gutter and the black gulch. Yeah. Cheerful places. Yeah. That just makes me think the rotten actually is like the uh, the, the, the great poo or whatever in design. Yeah. Yeah. If only he yeah. started singing opera. Yeah. Yeah. He could be been... singing really under his breath before you go into his arena. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's actually what he's moaning when you yeah. stand outside the fog. Eh? It's actually. Uh, <laughs> Great, mighty, rotten. <laughs> I will toss my undead at you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you again for joining us, Dave. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on the internet? So you guys can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at the Dave Klein. That's K L E I N. Or check out my YouTube channel where I do all Souls-related content, Kingsfield stuff, and soon to be uh, some new series I've been working on as well. And that's Dave Control Live. And yeah, check that out. Recommended. Yeah. Like it's the Bonfire Side Chat seal of approval. It's, it's the winner that's, of the coveted 2014 Key Award. That's the yes, I get a key. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Key to the podcast. It's made of chocolate. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not going to last very long. <laughs> it's made of carob. Yeah. So you don't. Uh, <laughs> so, so you so don't. We, we can't afford the chocolate <laughs> yeah. version of the key. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carob is gross. Mm. Um, what's worse, carob or white chocolate? Ah, white These chocolate. Answers are more. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I, just, I like white uh, chocolate. I like when I'm in the mood, but I have to be in the mood for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, the texture is really gross to me. It it coats everything. It touches. <laughs> yeah, it is the corrupting force. I think it's probably, <laughs> I like one bite of white chocolate, and then after that, it's too sweet for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess I guess that makes sense. Like a small like a lint truffle, mm-hmm. white chocolate truffle or something. Like that. That's about all the white chocolate I need yeah. for a year. Yeah, or like one white chocolate Hershey kiss, and you're like, all right, that was enough. Yeah, this is this has been candy talk. (laughs) (laughs) Time for another episode of the Chocolate Bros. (laughs) (laughs) 
um yeah you can uh, where can people find us cool people can find us uh we have a very strong facebook presence uh if i do say so ourselves no it is uh, <laughs> facebook.com slash bonfireside chat join the conversation uh we have a website this podcast is part of a network it is the duckfeed.tv network of shows uh where we have uh such great shows as uh watch out for fireballs and advex suffering great in our own opinion you can be mm-hmm. the judge of that if you would like um and uh yeah just in general uh we are out there indeed and you can also if you want to uh support us you can go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeed tv and throw us a couple bucks a month it's a huge help um it's we're gonna do a live show with uh, watch out for fireballs this year Uh, that's gonna be funded and uh you know bloodborne we're gonna have to buy ps4s at some point yeah not saying we're not holding you hostage we're not Mm -hmm. saying you have to buy us ps4s Mm -hmm. however we both had no intent to buy one of those and now we have to get one it's gonna be expensive so Mm -hmm. a little bit helps we're not looking to fund the entirety of a ps4 based on patreon but a little bit would help yeah i've been leaning towards xbox one a little bit and then this e3 happened i'm like "Mm, i I hate console exclusives yeah it's so it's so bad for games as like such a bad force yeah yeah actually i think it's great for games because it makes it competitive competition you think so it's great for platforms i think it's great it's not great for like it's great for uh console developers but i don't like it as like a what it does for the actual game as like a work of art you know i guess like what i guess the issue is when when people get so fanboy over their console because of specific games Mm -hmm. that that's more what bugs me but i feel like it helps induce that element of competition it's probably yeah, because someone else is going to be like, well, now I have to make a good exclusive to compete with that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I guess like it's definitely good from like a business kind of perspective, yeah. but I don't, I don't like it so much from an art perspective. Yeah, the, the the only way that I think it helps the actual game itself is if the designers can know the hardware that they're developing it for. Mm-hmm. And so, as opposed to making compromises, like let's get this thing to run on every system, they can you know cater it specifically to the system, a la a Last of Us, or uh, you know Sony is really good at that. Or the uh, really good Dark Souls PC port. Yeah, yeah, that one was yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, well, they, they but the the nice thing to, to to counter that point though, like the uh, when you put something on PC, like PC players will fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, <laughs> yeah. it will just it will just work. Like and also will know things about it. Like guys like um, Illusory Wall and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much easier for him to to data mine something yeah. that is on a uh, on PC. So, so just, yeah. so just yeah, sell yeah. this thing for money and rely on free labor to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like Halkai Drake finding all those hidden files. Yeah, totally. Like I, I love yeah. that stuff, and it's just much harder to do. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a console game than it is on a, a open you know, yeah. on an all platform game. Mm-hmm. I love all that cut content. That's awesome. That stuff's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. We, we we've got a little something planned for later in the year. Yeah. Um, regards to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, as as a little side note on that, if you uh, you know don't have the resources to uh, to donate to the Patreon, but you're still going to be buying stuff on Amazon, we do have that. Uh, tip jar link it's duckfeed.tv slash tip jar use the amazon link on that and uh we get a kickback and that is still a uh, a huge portion of where we get the money to run the show is through yeah, that that's, where, you'll get you, that's so. where you guys should get your ps4s yeah for bloodborne <laughs> and your copies of bloodborne <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah and uh, i think that that's probably good uh thank you again dave yeah. for sticking chocolate around really out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of chocolate bros is on the way out this episode of chocolate bros is brought to you by latchkeykingdom.com <laughs> <Chocolate> <laughs> that's our theme song i wasn't just making a meme <laughs> that is our that's the theme song of the chocolate bros <laughs> podcast yep. uh, sunshine and lollipops and, um <laughs> yeah deleted scenes yeah
if not, we have tons of memories of playing mm-hmm. co-op, yeah, even yeah. if uh, we ended up soloing it for doing yeah. a solo polo for the, as, the episode. As do I. Like, uh, oh, man, they had it uh, at an arcade at my old roller rink. You know, you know yeah. the one that I owned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back before times got lean. What is that? What is the name of the, the Japanese version of that? Like uh, uh, Contra and arcades. Like whenever I see something from the soundtrack, it always yeah. says something different. Nicaragua attack. Yeah, um, <laughs> something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. McNamara, <laughs> McNamara's <laughs> legacy. Uh, McNamara's ambition. Yeah. Macabunga's um, ambition. <laughs> Macabunga. <laughs> That's like, yeah. like that sounds almost like a uh, like like a rejected Dead Kennedys yeah. uh, album. <laughs> Macabunga. <laughs> How long you guys been doing podcasting? Uh, separately since about 2007. I think we both uh, started separate. And then uh, uh, Gary and I uh, met up and started doing shows together in like uh, 2011. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. so a long time then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it adds I, I guess up. it is. In internet time, it is a very long time. No, it's like I, I linked on one of my videos my first ever video that i cut that was on youtube and it was 2007 <laughs> and mm-hmm. someone commented like wow this is like old school i'm like <laughs> i don't think it was that long ago well i was i was thinking about that uh, i'm i'm going back i'm listening to uh to you look nice today it's one of the podcasts that got me into podcasting um or at least in the form that i that, that, I, that i'm in now um and thinking like oh this is like 2007 it's like like that's just a shade under a decade yeah. yeah, like we're we're coming up on when that thing was ten years ago. So I don't, I don't know if it's just the way that I live my life is conducive to losing large stretches of time. What with the drinking and the sadness, but <laughs> <laughs> like it's Aww. like, oh wow, that's actually pretty. That's a that, that's a stretch. We've been doing this, and yeah, there, I think it's just getting older. You yeah, know, that's true. And we're, we're all blind. slowly rotting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as we march grimly towards death. <laughs> yeah. A momentary Let us consider this. <laughs> Jeez. consider this series of games i got uh, a, I, I got i got it not 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 to be grim sorry no but I got, I got an email from somebody at work who uh their their uh email signature like instead of having a little uh you know like jack handy quote at the bottom in italics it just said memento mori <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like okay cool i guess <laughs> no. oh well well, so I'm like, man, being undead wouldn't be too bad for a little bit. Just a little I, I, bit. I, in all serious, let's get serious here for a moment, guys. In all seriousness, we any weren't. of those things, like being a zombie or being a ghost or being a vampire or anything like that, I would take it over being dead because we don't know what it's like. Like if you had, if you had the choice and it's like, okay, you can die or I'm gonna turn you into a vampire. Of course, I'm gonna take vampire, even if you know all of the uh, the fiction makes it sound so tragic and tortured and romantic and and wonderful um but yeah I'll, I'll take it or same thing with being a zombie like if i knew i was gonna die and we were in the walking dead i'll, I'll go for it okay yeah, yeah. i think know? it just depends it's just like because we don't know so it's just like well i if, if like all that after death is is nothingness then yeah i'll take anything else i'll take i'll take the somethingness Kind kindle yeah. that flame kindle that flame yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I'll, you know and yes like i might end up like tormenting my my friends and stuff like that but they you know they know better and they can shoot me right after i just want to see what it's like yeah it's the same way like right before i die i want to try antifreeze i just want to see what it's like like i don't you know maybe start my cycle again please (laughs) because you know just just turn into a vampire so you can be a thinly veiled allegory for uh for xenophobia yeah yeah (laughs) go back to your own country gary 
Okay, so I, I, I've got a question for you guys. I, is this a note for? Oh, I guess it's a different podcast note. Are there other podcast notes in this set of notes? Yes. So yeah, this okay. is just uh, the functionally it is a it is a hidden blog on uh, on just on the site. So okay, like cool. you're yeah, don't worry. That tiny scroll bar you're, bar you're seeing is that 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 is not everything we are going to yeah. cover. Buckle up, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked yeah. up. You didn't know what you were signing yeah, up for. We got a 48-hour <laughs> podcast stream that we're doing Marathon. Marathon podcast for charity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, the podcast who falls on the dance floor first gets disqualified. Awesome Talks Done Slow 2014. Hands on a hard edit? I don't know. Yeah. I was just like scrolling down. I didn't even notice the sidebar. I was just scrolling down. I'm like, oh, E3 stuff. Okay. I guess I'm ready to talk about press conferences if you want to. No, that was that was from another show. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe once I start playing the PC version of the game, I will finally stop having the lone excuse me. Whoops. Kind of worked like the lonely soul. Yeah, yeah, they kind of turned into a ghost there for a second. Uh, I was getting really depressed. I'll retake that. I don't know. I've just been trying to figure out who the hell the four great ones that Vendra killed were. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's possible it could have been dragons and not like the four old ones were different Mm -hmm. that he beat to get the power. Yeah. So this could lead to those. I hope I hope that this leads to opening up that kind of plot hole yeah that that layer of the story that is just kind of immediately brushed over yeah, yeah. really we're, we're gonna forget about that that they said that mm-hmm. and bond other things <laughs> yeah hmm. cool cool yeah about a month about a month yeah i yeah. can't believe it's so soon I, mm-hmm. I was thinking like okay i got a couple months before the dlc and it's actually it's good for me because i'm starting to run out of lore videos to do mm-hmm so for me, for my channel, I'm just like, oh, good. There's more stuff to do. Yeah. Well, it's great for us because like anything we can do to extend the run of the show up till you know when Bloodborne is you know about to come out. Like I yeah. figure, best case scenario, we're looking at like you know end of fiscal end of this fiscal year for yeah. Bloodborne. You know, like probably maybe around the time that Dark Souls Two came out, but more likely maybe sometime in the fall. So, like, what can we do to bridge that gap and keep this yeah. going is is yeah. kind of the thing that is always at the front of my mind. And, and we can always go back and do, because I, I would like to do um, Deadly Tower mm-hmm. and everything, but those don't support, you know, months and months and months. Yeah. Like, we did Shadow our... Tower. our con- right. Or Shadow Tower, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I was like, Deadly Tower. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we, that, we did that I for abject suffering. We, you know, I just figured we'd, we'd take, a, take a little side trip. Um, <laughs> that's what I meant, Shadow, Shadow Tower. Um, the... Uh, you know, because we did our, our seven episodes on Berserk and uh, Kingsfield. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we couldn't, we can't fill up that much time. Right. Without stuff. I mean, we could, but um, we could, you know, stre- I'd rather, we could stretch it. But yeah. yeah, I'd rather just kind of kindle Dark Souls 2 as long as we can and then do kind of a brief, you know, origin season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 